you're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, live from the Hotel Sheraton in New Orleans. Here is your special Sunbelt Media Days edition of Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh, presented by Next Home Cutting Edge Realty and the Wetlands. Welcome into Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez coming to you live from the Hotel Sheraton on Canal Street, downtown New Orleans, Sunbelt Media Day, day one in the books. Heard from seven teams in the Sunbelt East, App State, Coastal Carolina, Marshall, Georgia State, Georgia Southern, Old Dominion, and James Madison. Three new members. And the message was the same. The Sunbelt East is the toughest division in G5 college football. And I think that's going to ring true in 2022 as well. Producer extraordinaire, co-host with the most back in Acadiana pushing all the buttons for me James Mesh what's up buddy what's up Matt how you doing I am doing absolutely fantastic um it's a little rainy here in New Orleans I don't know what it's like back in Acadiana I I did hear a little bit of rain earlier so kind of getting a little bit of the same yeah it's a little rainy but you know that's not going to stop a uh, a sunbelt party that's for sure so we're going to talk a lot about the Sun Belt, obviously, over the next couple of days. We want to take a moment to thank our sponsors, Next Home Cutting Edge Realty and the Wetlands. But I got two pieces of NFL news that we, we got to get to. And, and first, it's Chris Carson. Chris Carson announces his retirement today at the age of 27 due to a neck injury. Now, James, you and I talked about this a couple weeks ago. We both kind of saw this coming. Yeah, no doubt. I just kind of wanted to see the news, like, officially and kind of just know that it's over with and that there's no shot that he's coming back Right bef- before, like, I made any reaction or I committed to trying to pick up Kenneth Walker or Rashad Penny in fantasy. And then... The one thing I will say about this situation, though, is that the Seahawks have done right by him. Uh, they are releasing him with a injury designation, which means that he will still get paid uh, an injury settlement of his contract. Um, so not just throwing him to the wolves without any money. There you go. Get, which, get, uh, get a last little bit of a paycheck before it's like, hey, whatever you do for the rest of your life, here's a little extra money from us. Thank you for your services. Right, yeah, that's a that, that's a classy move by the Seahawks, and uh, so Chris Carson, unfortunately, forced to retire at the age of 27 due to a neck injury. The other big piece of news it, it's coming from the NFC South. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have signed Julio Jones to a one-year deal. Now I didn't see this coming. Am I surprised? Not really. But I didn't, not surprised, but I didn't expect it, if that makes sense at all. First you go from Antonio Brown, now you get Julio Jones. Um, 
Now, I, I figured that the Bucks would try to give Brady another weapon, but I, d I didn't see it being Julio Jones. Not to mention they had just grabbed Russell Gage. Right. And they still have Scotty Miller and Chris Godwin's coming off an injury. So you get Julio in the meantime, and then you just have the full power attack again, I guess. I mean, what, what does Julio Jones even bring to, to Tampa? Like, do you think that Julio Jones instantly makes that offense better? I don't think it's going to make an instant. I don't think he's going to make an instant impact until we start to get to about week six, week seven. That's what I think because yep. Godwin's going to be ready for camp, but he's going to take a little while to get up and get started again. That's that's perfect for the Saints because if Godwin comes back on time for week one and Julio, and Julio should start, those two – they're going to take time to get used to the offense and get used to playing football again. Right, right. And it's the same thing with Mike Evans. So this this works very well for the Saints to get another early win in the season against the Bucks. You know, uh, I'm okay with the move because I, I think Julio Jones has taken a step back in his career. But I do think that, you know, what it does is it does provide another weapon for Tom Brady, who, you know, some people might call this a hot take. Maybe not. This is Brady's last year in the league. I could I could definitely see it. It it it's definitely somebody that you have to pay attention to. It's not somebody that you can yep. just throw the worst defender on the current field. Like you yep. you still have to put respect to him and have a good guy on him. And maybe that's the idea. Like uh, maybe maybe you put Paulson on him. You still keep Mike Evans on Marsh Lattimore. with Lattimore, and then Chris Godwin's usually in the slot. So you just keep CJ Gardner Johnson, even though CJ has had a history of struggling against Chris. I mean, they still go with the matchup every time. Yeah, no no question about it. So the Buccaneers signed Julio Jones to a one year deal. We've also got some Astros rumors to get to. We'll get to that a little bit later on in the show. Today's poll question, who is going to win the Sun Belt East? Does App repeat? Does Coastal Carolina get back to the top? Is it newcomer Marshall? Is it somebody else? Let us know Facebook and Twitter. I personally think it's going to be App State. And uh, the overwhelming majority... Majority seems to agree with me. 71% so far on Twitter saying App State, 14% saying Marshall, and then 14% saying other, but no comment. It's interesting. Uh, James, I, I I don't get what we're doing wrong, but we, we tell people to comment, and, and they don't. Hey, they're going to come around to it. The, they'll get out of their shell. Game hotline, 706-0111. Just because I'm in New Orleans doesn't mean I don't want to hear from you. Once again, 706-0111. And here in Acadiana, watch the simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and Channel 133 on LUS Fiber. Once again, we heard from seven teams today. One thing we also heard from Commissioner Keith Gill, Commissioner Keith Gill spent time talking about how he feels that the Sun Belt is the strongest that it's ever been and that it is the best non-autonomy 
G5 conference in America. And then he announced that for the second straight year, he announced that the Sun Belt has expanded its media rights deal with ESPN. This new deal will run through the 2030 academic year. will provide the Sun Belt with additional financial resources, exposure, and linear opportunities for both football and basketball. It will also bring in more resources for every member university. It brings in 6,000 more live events, including men's soccer, women's soccer, women's volleyball, baseball, and softball. And then another thing that a lot of people are excited about, James, is this deal will now bring instant replay to college baseball in the Sunbelt Conference. Ooh. So definitely an interesting um, announcement there by the commissioner today. We also, again, heard from App State. Sean Clark, very confident in his group, looking for a big season out of quarterback Chase Bryce. Same thing with Jamie Chadwell. Grayson McCall has been the Sun Belt Conference Offensive Player of the Year the last two years. He's the preseason player of the year this year. Expect more of the same out of McCall. One team that I find very interesting, James, is James Madison. You know, the last two seasons, they were they were 12 and two a year ago in in the CAA. Now they make the jump to FBS, and of course the competition is going to be much more intense. But the pieces are still there for the Dukes. So don't be surprised. I'm not going to say James Madison's going to be a 10-win team. Don't be surprised if they go 7-5. and five. Ooh, 7-5, and five. okay. Don't be surprised if they, if they compete. I mean, yeah, the, the talent gap between the FCS and the FBS is, is, is major, but they, they were dominating the FCS. They were contending for the FCS National Championship year in and year out. I think I think they put up a fight, but they'll go more five and seven. Yeah, maybe maybe year one. I, I could see that because like once they get more used to it in the in in the competition because they're so used to the FCS, where it's a lot no. lower. That's why they dominated. But it's kind of like getting punched in the mouth. Like you don't expect it. So I feel like the first year or two, they'll be competitive. They'll be able to fight a little bit, but they're not able to win as many games. Yeah, some of the matchups that were discussed today you know from a Cajuns perspective everybody's looking forward to that Cajuns Marshall game in in Huntington in October uh, that game's going to be fun October 12th on a Wednesday night ESPN 2 primetime kickoff you know that's going to be a game that's going to answer a lot of people's questions about the Cajuns you know some people are the jury. Some people say that the jury's still out on Mike Desermo. I don't think it is, but some people want to believe that. So I, I think a game against Marshall, who you just recently played in the New Orleans Bowl, this time you're going to their house, prime time, midweek game. That's going to answer a lot of people's questions uh, about this coaching staff and about this football team. Uh, the Cajuns will speak tomorrow at one. 30 slowly people from the West Division starting to trickle in here at the Sheraton Hotel in New Orleans. 
you know, the, these media day events are, are cool because you you get to interact with people that you've interacted with on social media or, you know, even had on your show. Like Texas State play-by-play guy Brant Freeman. I've interviewed him multiple times, including on this show. We've never met in person until, I don't know, 20 minutes ago. He, he saw me sitting here at the table and he walked up and introduced himself. And so... It's cool to finally get to to meet people that you've interacted with and even worked with um, from other conference schools. So these events are always fun. Appreciate the Sun Belt putting it on each and every year. And then once again, appreciate our sponsors, Next Home Cutting Edge Realty and The Wetlands. Got a big show for you today. The next segment, I'm going to bring you an interview with Old Dominion head coach Ricky Ronnie at 4.30. I will bring you an interview with Coach Clay Helton, formerly of USC, bringing USC to a Rose Bowl title. Now at the helm of George Southern. Great interview with Coach Helton. Bring you that at 4.30. 5.15, Charles Huff of Marshall. You know, Coming off of that loss in the New Orleans Bowl, what are, the, what are you going to see out of the herd? We also cracked a joke at the expense of his defensive coordinator, Lance Guidry. Uh, former Karen Crow product, made the block around Acadiana. Now, again, on the defensive coordinating staff at Marshall. We'll talk about that at 515. At 530, Coastal Carolina head coach, Jamie Chadwell. He stopped by a little earlier today. We talked about Grayson McCall couple of big pieces on his defense and how does he replace the receiving core that he has had to replace as after he lost two guys to the NFL we'll bring you all that and more once again 706-0111 if you want to chime in on the hotline you can hit us up on Twitter at game Louisiana you can hit me up on Twitter at Miguez Matt James where can the folks find you on Twitter on Twitter, it's Adyami's Mesh, just James Mesh, but to replace the J with a Y. Hit us up on Twitter if you got something that you wanna you wanna throw at us. Uh, we're we're on Twitter constantly throughout the show, so we will definitely see anything you throw our way. It's gonna be a great show today. Again, Sheraton Hotel in New Orleans. The game 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. We're taking over the Big Easy for some belt media days. Tune in tomorrow as RP3 and Company, Footnotes, and Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. We'll be broadcasting live once again for the games live from Sunbelt Media Day coverage presented by Next Home Cutting Edge Realty and the Wetlands. Tune in for our takeover of the Big Easy right here on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. We'll take a timeout. Ricky Ronnie, head coach of the Monarchs on the other side. You're listening to the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, the Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Time for us to head back down to the Big Easy for more of the game Sunbelt Media Days coverage presented by Next Home Cutting Edge Realty and the Wetlands here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Inside crunch time with Miguez and Mesh right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez coming to you live from the Sheraton Hotel on Canal Street here in New Orleans for Sunbelt Media Day. 
I am joined by second-year head coach at Old Dominion, Mr. Ricky Ronnie. Coach, thank you so much for taking the time. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. So let's start, you know, pre-Old Dominion. Playing career at Cornell, finished as the all-time leader in completions, passing yards, total offense, and touchdown passes. And then, you know, you spent some time as a coach under James Franklin at both Vanderbilt and Penn State, now at Old Dominion. Your career up to this point, you know, what has it? What have you learned from your playing days and your stops to really put you in this position as head coach? Well, I mean, I think one thing in playing days, you learn uh, revisionist history. They always forget that I was the all-time leading in interceptions too, you know. So uh, when you have the other records, they kind of forget that one. Um, but, you know, I, I think that what I've learned throughout my coaching career is that there's a lot of different ways to get things done. And um, the number one thing I've learned that I've tried to do since I've been the head coach is be yourself. You know, obviously there's there's certain tenets that allow you to be successful. I mean, you have to have great fundamentals. Uh, you have to work hard. Um, you know, you have to um, create toughness and those sort of things, both mental and physical. But how you get there is, is there's a million different ways. And so, you know, I do things different than Coach Franklin. Um, you know, I do things different than Bill Snyder. Now, do I take a lot from both those guys? Take's probably a bad word. Do I blatantly steal from both those guys? Yeah, of course I do because those things work. Um, but there's also going to be my own spin on things, and I think that that's the one thing I've learned from them is just watching the multiple head coaches I've been around and them be successful and watching how differently they did it uh, allowed me to understand that, hey, you can do things your way as long as you follow these basic tenets. Year one last year, you took a team that was 1-11 the previous year, started the year 1-6 last year, and then finished on a five-game win streak to make a bowl game. You know, to turn the team around like that in the back half of the year, how do you build on that coming into 2022? You know, it's funny. Momentum is a, is a word I don't really believe in, and I know a lot of people say, hey, you've got a lot of momentum. Well, you know, we lost some seniors. We lost some transfers. We get new transfers in. We get new freshmen in. Uh, so you're rebuilding all the time. Now, we have some guys who have, who have played, and they understand what the expectations are, whether it's from Friday night before a game or whether it's on game day or throughout the week or in the off season. So is that going to help us? Absolutely. Uh, more guys have been in our system. You know, we have 10 returning starters on offense, 7 on defense, 2 on special teams. So obviously those guys know our systems, right? So that's going to help a lot. Um, so I think that that's going to be the key point is, you know, we can't just build. We can't just think we're just going to keep it going. We've got to reestablish all the things that made us successful in the back half of the year. We've got to establish those, and we've got to get them going earlier so that we don't have to wait till the back half of the year. Coming into the Sun Belt year one, along with Old Dominion, uh, along with James Madison, who's an in-state rival for you guys. Yeah. You know, t talk about that and how that now being a conference game makes that rivalry you know that much better yeah we're excited to, to you know kind of rekindle that rivalry um we're lucky we get to play all four of the fbs teams in virginia which is a pretty unbelievable thing um you know because we also play liberty we play virginia tech and we play virginia so you know that's that's awesome it's going to be give the ability to showcase what great football is in the state of virginia and the surrounding areas but that's what i love about really the entire conference in general i mean our fans, we have real live rivalries with Coastal Carolina, with App State, with even Georgia State and Georgia Southern, Marshall, um, and obviously JMU. So that's awesome, right? I mean, that's the, that's the type of thing that makes college football so special is every single conference opponent, there, there's some passion there from the fans. 
Coach Sean Clark called the Sunbelt East the toughest division in, in group of five. Uh, I agree with him. Do you? Yeah. Well, I mean, just look at it. You, you spoke on the fact that, you know, we won our last five. We made a bowl game, um, played some really good football, uh, and people are picking us to finish, you know, at, at the bottom of that division. Um, we're a pretty good football team. You know what I mean? So, um, and, 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 and what we did would show that we are a good football team. Not only do I think that we're going to be better this year and our expectations and those sort of things, but the fact that that's where people, they know, they saw what happened, and they still put us there shows you how tough this division is from top to bottom. Chatting with head coach Ricky Ronnie of Old Dominion. You know, you, you brought up how Old Dominion was picked towards the bottom in this Sunbelt East division. I, I know preseason rankings don't carry a whole lot of weight, especially in a program. But do you kind of use that as bulletin board material to maybe add fuel to the fire for you guys? I don't because, you know, I don't want to use extrinsic motivation because it's hard to replicate, right? I mean, like, if, if, if our kids can't motivate themselves, if I can't motivate them, if we can't be internally motivated, then if we always have to depend on something else, what happens when we don't get that bulletin board material that week um, or, or that season? Um, so, you know, I'm trying to get us to have, you know, a motivation to be great each and every day in everything we do um, as opposed to motivating ourselves based on what others think of us. Let's talk about the two players you brought with you today. I'll start with Zach Kuntz, transfer from Penn State. First year as a Monarch last year, nearly 700 yards as a tight end, five touchdowns. He knows the system. How has he become a leader for, for you in this offense for the Monarchs? You know, I think last year it was a little hard for him to be a leader just because he, you know, he didn't know all the guys that well. Now he's had an off season with them. He's had, you know, he's been able to hang out with them, you know, off the field. Um, he's developed real friendships with these guys and things like that. And now you're starting to see his leadership capabilities come out. Um, and uh, he's starting to be much more vocal, and, and I'm excited for that. And I recruited that kid to Penn State. I was a tight end coach when we first started recruiting him. So I've known him for a long time, and to watch him have the success that he's earned, um, uh, and see his his family be able to see his see him be successful like this is is so special to me, and, and uh, it means the world. So you know he's he's uh, obviously I have a long relationship with him, and, and I couldn't be more excited for the success he's having. And then on the other side, Artarian Jackson, 91 tackles and two interceptions a year ago. Those are you know very impressive numbers from the secondary looking to you know build on that and replicate that here in 2022 what has he worked on in the offseason to even get to the next level yeah you know rt's done a nice job his body is totally different than it was i mean he is uh 190 some pounds and he is rocked up right now um, unbelievable tackler extremely physical uh, great instincts uh, he probably could have made some other plays on some interceptions last year. Those interceptions started coming mid to late in the year. So I think he's got a lot more of that left in him, and we need to create more turnovers, and I'm, I'm pretty sure he's going to help us do that. So, you know, he, he's a great player, uh, unbelievable leader, not the most vocal guy in the world in terms of rah-rah and those sort of things, but he's going to make all the checks he needs to do. He's going to pull guys aside and make sure they understand the expectations. And, uh, you know, I'm really glad that he was able to come here, experience that, because he – no one's you know done more to earn it for our program coach last question i have for you you know i know i know the monarchs don't play the cajuns this year but new team coming into the Sun Belt. if you had the opportunity to you know say something to the louisiana fan base about what they can expect 
out of the Monarchs in the future, you know, what would what would your message be? I think you you know you'll see a tough physical team that plays hard from the beginning to the end and and plays aggressive. You know, we're gonna take shots down the field. We're gonna you know we're gonna blitz and we're gonna you know play aggressive on special teams, you know, and I think that that's things that fans like to see, um, and it's the type of teams you like to play against, too, because it gives a great test to, uh, to the team you're, you're rooting for, and, and uh, you know, I'm excited about it. You know, I've, I've, I've had one, I've, I was at Kansas State when we came down and, and played in Lafayette, uh, and it was, a, it was a better experience for them than it was me, because we lost that day, but, uh, you know, it was a I got to see the passion, the fan base of those fans, and, and I know that you know that's what this whole conference is about. So I'm excited for this, you know, for what this conference is going to bring. Coach Ricky Ronnie of the Old Dominion Monarchs. They opened their season on September 2nd against Virginia Tech. Coach, really appreciate you taking the time. Good luck this season, and welcome to the Sun Belt. Yeah, thanks for having me on, man. Appreciate it. There he goes, Coach Ricky Ronnie. We'll take a time out here and bring you more from New Orleans here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Just because we're in New Orleans doesn't mean we don't want to hear from you. Call the game hotline at 337-706-0111 or comment on our Facebook page. Back to more of the game Sunbelt Media Days coverage presented by Next Home Cutting Edge Realty and the Wetlands here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back into crunch time with Miguez and Mesh right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez coming to you live from the Hotel Sheraton in downtown New Orleans for Sunbelt Media Days. Day one featuring the Sunbelt East Division, arguably the toughest division in G5 college football. I am joined by the head coach of the Georgia Southern Eagles, Mr. Clay Helton. Coach, thanks so much for taking the time. How are you? Matt, thanks for having me, buddy. So, you know, you, you, you touched on it when you were on the podium a little bit ago, and I just got to ask you, going from L.A., mm -hmm. where, you know, like you said, it, it took you an hour to get to work, to now being in Statesboro, Georgia, where it's really just a hop, skip, and a jump to get to the office, you know, what was that transition like? <laughs> well, that's uh, it's an immense value. Uh, I, like I said on the podium, it's like – it's like getting a million dollars every day. You know, um, there's so many great things in Los Angeles that I enjoyed. Uh, the one thing that I don't think anybody enjoys out there is the traffic. And, and sometimes to get to work, it would be 50 minutes to an hour to, to get in. Uh, it's one of the reasons that uh, I spent the night at the office during the season, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday night, and came home on Thursday. So now being seven minutes from the office and uh, having the chance to see my wife every night is a, is a good thing. Makes for a happy football coach yeah absolutely now staying on that same subject coming from usc to georgia southern what did you spent a lot of time at usc what did you bring from your time at usc and implement into your program at georgia southern yeah, the one thing I loved about USC was the standards and the expectations on a daily basis. You know, when you're talking about USC, you're talking about one of the four or five premier places in the country, and um, there was a level of expectation and standard that you had to live on a day-to-day -day basis, both on and off the field. And it's very similar 
to Georgia Southern, you know, when you're talking about a program that has won six national titles, that has had so much success within its 40 years of existence uh, uh, in football, um, you know that you're living up to something each and every day and you're representing a tradition of excellence that is your responsibility. Um, championships are the expectations. So um, to be able to go from that culture at USC, uh, that that's, that was the demand and that's what was expected uh, and bring that to Georgia Georgia Southern, um, it, it helps you each and every day be at your best with, with a level of consistency and effort and focus that's needed to win championships. You know, you touched on the, the history of Georgia Southern. Talk about your relationship with Jared Benko, the, the athletic director at Georgia Southern, and not only just him, but the athletic administration as a whole. Yeah, it's really a partnership. Uh, I, you know, we started this conversation back in late September, <clears throat> met in Atlanta for two days to see if it would be a fit for us both. And all the way through, it was like, wow, this is a this is a special time at Georgia Southern. The the leadership of Dr. Kyle Marrero, of Jared Benko, Deputy AD, Chris Davis, uh, head of the Athletic Foundation, Leonard Bevel. You know, there was just an alignment and a vision of where we wanted to go. And it wasn't just a regional product. It was on a national scale. Um, we had done it at the FCS level. We want to do it at the FBS level. And to do that, you have to commit resources uh, and you have to make an investment. And they're willing to do that. And whether it's their time, whether it's money, whether it's um, the things that are needed to build championships, uh, they they were willing to do that, and it's a daily communication, and I appreciate that. It's it's like having a partner rather than a boss, and, right. and that's what great programs are founded on. You see, I'd be remiss if I didn't throw in a Danny Reed comment. Uh, one, I mean, one of one of the best radio guys in the business, right? Yeah, I, I love Danny's voice. He does a dang heck of a job, and and uh, the voice of Georgia Southern Eagles, and and uh, uh, you know it was neat to be up in the box with him a little bit. I, usually, as a coach, you never get that opportunity right. on game day to, to to listen to the radio. But actually, coming to the program in November and doing some media and sports things, I got to go up and listen to Danny, and uh, he represents our university extremely well. Now, the staff that you've put together with Brian Ellis, Ryan Applin, and, you know, a couple other really standout individuals. Just talk about the staff that you've put together in Statesboro. Yeah, I thought it was, you're only as good as the people that surround you. I don't care how good a head coach you are. If you don't have the coaches and the players around you, championships aren't made. And, and I've always believed in trying to find coaches that have great character, that can develop young men on and off the field, have a genuine care and concern for them, are going to coach them hard, be honest with them, uh, and can recruit. And when you talk about uh, just looking at the coordinators, to bring in a Brian Ellis, who I think is one of the uh, better offensive minds in college football right now. The job he did at Western Kentucky uh, I thought was stellar. Uh, Will Harris is one of the better DB coaches uh, that, that was out there. Uh, and uh, to be able to bring that system that they had at Washington, which was a top 20 defense year after year after year, as well as producing DBs for the NFL year after year, it was a, it was a 
huge win to be able to to acquire him. And then Turner West, you know, we wanted to make a commitment to special teams and have a true coordinator. I have a guy that trained under Rich Passaccia, the Dallas Cowboys, for four years. To be able to bring that level of, of teaching uh, was huge for us. And then you look at the assistant coaches. You mentioned one of them. I, I think of, you know, Coach Apple, Ryan Applin, and Matt Merritt, two young, stellar, uh, rising stars in the profession. So uh, I'm very fortunate um, that they saw a belief in what we're trying to do. They wanted to be a part of it. They brought their families uh, to the great town of Statesboro, and uh, we're having a lot of fun doing what we love to do. Cajun fans know Ryan Applin very well. <laughs> I had a chance to coach Ryan um, at Arkansas State for six weeks while I was there under Steve Roberts and have known Ryan for a long time. A great individual, one of the great players in the history of this league, and has really helped me as far as his knowledge of the league um, and uh, not only from his offensive mind but uh, the, the way he recruits. Chatting with Clay Helton, head coach of the Georgia Southern Eagles. Staying on the quarterback conversation, let's talk about the quarterback you brought with you today, sixth-year senior Kyle Van Trees from Buffalo. You know, not stellar numbers last year, 1,800 yards, eight touchdowns. But watching his film, he's a guy that gets it. You know, what does he possess as a player and as a leader having, you know, six years in college? And what does he bring to your program? Yeah, you know, in studying Kyle, we looked at all three years of tape of him as a starter and watched every throw uh, and really saw immense talent. We saw him lead Buffalo to the championship game in his second year as a starter. And then they had a switch of staffs and a switch of systems, really. And we and that didn't deter us just because the numbers went down a little bit. We saw a, a young man that lifted his team as high as he could lift them. Um, and that's what great quarterbacks do. Um, so the, t the talent was evident on tape, but then when we brought him on campus and got to meet him, uh, his family, his mom and dad, see the quality of man he is, the competitor he is, how he represents your program, um, and then just how he leads. I mean, Coach Ellis and I looked at each other going, oh my gosh, we have to get this guy. And the day he said he was coming, I, I, we, I think we all acted like sixth graders <laughs> in the room. We were so ecstatic because right. we knew we had our guy. And then, you know, a guy like Dylan Springer, a local kid born and raised in Baton Rouge, to be able to bring him to Sunbelt Media Days, to bring him back home in a sense, how important was that? Oh, so special. I mean, he was kind of the foundation of when I was able to come in November. He was one of the first conversations I had with the, with the current team. Um, and we visited for two, three hours and really got to know each other and, and said, hey, you know, this is the vision of what we want to accomplish and, and want you to be a part of this. And I want to know your hopes and dreams, not only as a player, but outside of, of once football is done and developed a really great relationship. I asked him to take on the role of, of being a leader of the team. He, he welcomed it. Uh, he's thrived in it. Uh, and to have that six-year uh, six player, I mean, yep. a guy that's 23 years old that has seen so many battles right, on the right. field, that type of experience is just invaluable. Two more for you. First, I'm going to start with your, your playing days and your early coaching days, playing at Auburn and Houston, coaching at Memphis, Houston, even Arkansas State, USC, and, and not only various places, just about every position mm -hmm. imaginable. You know, how does all that experience help you as a head coach now? Yeah, it, it, I tell you what, I've always said it's not – it's not our plan, it's God's plan. And um, I, I didn't realize at the time it would take 20 years as an assistant coach 
to, to develop to be a head coach. But now I'm so thankful that I needed all 20 years. Right. Um, and to be able to have been with uh, early in my career with two great defensive coaches and Fred Goldsmith and, and Tommy West. They taught me how to how to play the game from the defensive side of the ball and make it a team game rather than just always scoring points uh, and worrying about the offensive side of the ball. Um, you know, and then having the opportunity to be a running back coach, to be a wide receiver coach, and finally get back to my natural position of quarterback, to be able to see it from all aspects of protection, to run game, to the passing game. Um, it made me a more well-rounded coach uh, and, and made me more knowledgeable on all aspects. And I looked up, and when I finally got that opportunity and one of the hottest fires there is in, at USC, um, I felt like I was ready. And uh, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that uh, God gave me that opportunity. I'm grateful for the 20 years of experience he did prior to that to, to help me get there. Last question, looking at the schedule this season, not a very easy one for, for year one of the Sun Belt. You're going to be on the road in Nebraska, Coastal, and then you guys come to Louisiana. But you do get Marshall App and James Madison at Allen Paulson Stadium. You know, just kind of talk about the schedule and, and the games that you're looking forward to the most. Well, what a great schedule. What a challenge. There's a reason you come to Georgia Southern. Uh, nine bowl teams uh, on that on that schedule from last year. Uh, get the opportunity to go to Nebraska, which I'm really looking forward to. I've never had that opportunity to compete there. I've heard so much great things about their fans and, and that experience uh, to be able to go to Birmingham and play an unbelievable UAB team that has really become a consistent figure in college football. Uh, very successful under Coach Clark and his his staff. Um, you, you know, it's it's a challenging schedule, but it's one you welcome. You know, it's it's one of those that if you do your job, concentrate on going one and zero every week, you're going to put together a heck of a resume at the end at the end of the at the end of the season if you do your job. Coach Clay Helton of the Georgia Southern Eagles, they will open their season on September the third. Coach, really appreciate you taking the time. Best of luck this season. Matt, thank you so much. Absolutely. There's Coach Clay Helton of the Georgia Southern Eagles. As a reminder, the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with our latest Astros weekend getaway. The Red Hot Houston Astros take on the Baltimore Orioles August 27th, and you can be there. Treasure in the game clubhouse, 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com to score four tickets tour of Minute Maid Park and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. Astros weekend getaways powered by Butcher Air Conditioning, La Meridian Houston downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We'll take a time out right here and bring you more crunch time with Miguez and Mesh live from Sunbelt Media Days here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana sports station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Welcome back into crunch time with Miguez and Mesh live from Sunbelt Conference Media Days at the Sheraton Hotel in New Orleans. Matt Miguez here. James Mesh back in Karen Crow pushing all the buttons. James, both interviews just now with Ricky Ronnie and Clay Helton. Just great stuff. Oh, it was it was absolutely phenomenal stuff. I, I loved what Clay Helton had to say when he was talking about the transition from Los Angeles to Statesboro, right? You know, he talked about when in, when he was at USC, 
sometimes it would take him an hour, hour and a half just to get to work. It, it has to be such a time reliever and just overall stress reliever just knowing that you don't have to be in Cali traffic anymore and you significantly change the drive time so you can potentially just get to the office a lot faster and get a lot more work done. Yeah, and, and he said it got to the point where during the season he was spending the night at the office three nights a week because it wasn't worth driving home. I mean, could you imagine being away from your family three nights a week every week during football season? That's unreal. So now, you know, he said he's only seven minutes away from the facility, so uh, he gets to go home every night to his family, which is, uh, which is obviously, you know, huge for, for somebody like that. Second hour, we're going to bring you Charles Huff and Jamie Chadwell, so don't go anywhere for those. Update the poll question, who will win the Sunbelt East on Facebook? Got two comments. Brian Poche says Coastal. Martin says App State. And Miguez, you should rejoin Mesh's Fantasy League. Kind of too late for that one. Nah, I'm good, bro. I'm good, bro. Um, yeah, and also a little too late for that one. I, I did make amends by joining his second league. So, I mean, I think we're good there. Right, James? Yeah, we're good. Not salty anymore? Sure. <laughs> he said sure. Sure, we'll go with that. Okay. And on, <laughs> on Twitter, 80% say App State will win the East. 10% say it'll be Marshall. Got two comments on the poll question. Darren Francis says App State has the best shot. The only way those chickens have is McCall, and he lost all his weapons. Yikes. That is true. Uh, they are replacing a lot of weapons. You will hear Jamie Chadwell talk about that in the 5 o'clock hour. Time comes in as well, says Coastal is going to sink. Marshall's going to realize that this ain't Kusa anymore. App State is consistent year in and year out. They'll take the East. I mean, I don't disagree. App State lost very little. I mean, you did lose DeMarco Jackson, who was your Sunbelt Defensive Player of the Year last year. But offensively, everyone's back. Chase Bryce is back. You return Cam Peoples, Nate Noel, and Daedric Harrington, that three-headed running back monster. You've still got a couple of your receivers from last year. I mean, it doesn't look like App State's going to miss a beat offensively, which is scary to think about. It'll be fun to see how this league plays out. You know, it's weird that looking at the Cajun schedule, there's no app. There's no Coastal Carolina, but you got to make room for, you know, the the new teams, right? You you play at Marshall, you go to Southern Miss, you've got a big game against Florida State on the schedule this year. You get to go to Tallahassee and play at a stadium full of history. Troy is in the West Division now. They're coming to Cajun Field. You got Southeastern and in-state opponent coming to Cajun Field. It's a good schedule. Next year, your non-conference schedule is looking absolutely loaded. You bring Northwestern State and New Mexico State to Cajun Field, UAB and Minnesota on the road. James, you know, we'll, we'll kind of do a preview here of the Cajuns tomorrow, you know, 
just on on the surface before we hear from Coach Dez, what are your what are your thoughts on the Cajuns? I don't think they'll be able to necessarily repeat what they did last year. Definitely not. I don't. I think they still have a shot of winning the West, but it, it'll still be more of a transition year. I can't expect them to replicate what they did last year. Eight and four seems realistic. They could fall to seven and five, but I, I feel like with the with the amount of culture that they have and being able to maintain as much as they did, I, I think we could still see some good signs from the Cajuns. Yeah, eight and four seems to be like a realistic mark for me at least. Um, you still don't know who's going to be the quarterback. You're replacing four starters on the offensive line. You're replacing two of your top three running backs from a year ago. You didn't lose a lot on defense. I think you're going to be good defensively. Um, you're going to be good special teams-wise. But, man, who's going to play quarterback? Who's going to protect the quarterback? And outside of Chris Smith, who's going to run the ball for you? That That's a lot of the questions that, that I have that hopefully will get answered here in, in the coming weeks. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two on the other side of this top-of-the-hour sports update. You're listening to The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, live from the Hotel Sheraton in New Orleans. Here is your special Sunbelt Media Days edition of Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh, presented by Next Home Cutting Edge Realty and the Wetlands. Our number two of two rocking and rolling here at the Hotel Sheraton in New Orleans. Matt Miguez here. James Mesh back in the studio. Crunch time with Miguez and Mesh on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. It is your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Speaking of the Houston Astros, they fell last night to the Oakland Athletics by the score of 7-5. to They will look to bounce back tonight. 8-40 first pitch from Oakland. Frankie Montes will go for the A's while Luis Garcia will go for the Astros. The Astros 64 and 33, 34 and 19 away from home. The A's are 36 and 63, 15 and 33 at home. James, there's an NFL headline that, that has come up that we, we need to discuss, and I might get a little heated about it, so just bear with me here. Uh, Jerry Jones has said that the Dallas Cowboys – need to be viable in the playoffs for it to be a successful season. Jerry Jones said, I told them I've got a birthday coming up here real quick and I don't have time to have a bad time. It ain't on my schedule. Well, Jerry, here's an idea. If you would back up and let the guys that you hire to do a job do that job, you might find some success. Right? I mean, you. I'll, I'll never understand that. Why would you hire a... 
a head coach and even even a general manager when you're just going to step in and do their job? Why don't you stand on the sidelines, Jerry? Why don't you coach the team? Go back in the go back in the box. Maybe then they'll win the Super Bowl, right? If Jerry's on the sidelines, look, they got it under control. I just I I'll I'll never understand owners that can't get out of the way. Just get out of the way and let them do their job. The Cowboys haven't made back-to-back -back playoff appearances since 06. Last year, had a good year. They went 12-5, and won the division. Yeah, they lost in the wild card round, but there was a lot to build on. However, what'd you do? You traded Amari Cooper, you traded Lael Collins, and you lost Randy Gregory to the Broncos. And you didn't bring anybody in. You didn't get better. I mean, outside of C.D. Lamb, James, help me out. Who's Dak throwing the ball to? You could dump off to Zeke. Uh, looking on the outside, well, a tight end. I like Dalton Schultz, a tight end. I mean, you just did a, what's it called? I can't remember the terminology for it. Uh, where you pretty much just sign him to a one-year deal, and it's it's a, prove, the, it's a prove me deal. Well, it's it's not what it is. It's well, it kind of is, but it's it's got a terminology. I, I forgot what it's called, but you got him. But on the outside, until Michael Gallup comes back, you're looking towards Jalen Tolbert from South Alabama. Yeah, you're looking yeah. for him since you got rid of Amari Cooper and. Gallup is going to be on the sideline for a hot minute. And you see, I'm about to say this, having a lot of respect for Jalen Tolbert. Outside of CeeDee Lamb, you don't have much. I mean, yeah, you got Dalton Schultz, who's a good tight end, but in terms of wide receivers, you got CeeDee Lamb, you got Mike Gallup when he comes back. Okay, fine. But then there's a big drop between those two and Jalen Tolbert. My, my point in, in saying this is that Jerry Jones is making these comments that, oh, the Cowboys need to be viable. Well, Mr. Owner with the money, make them viable. That's your job. You make the decisions that puts the franchise in the best position to win. You hire the best coaches. You pay the best players. If you're not going to do that, then what are you doing? I don't want to hear you complain that, oh, I'm 80 years old, I need to win another Super Bowl. Then do what you got to do to win it. Coaches coach, players play, but the owners have to set them up. That's why I will never make a gripe about the Benson family. Sure, when Tom first took over the team, his hand was in it a little too much. But then when he hired Mickey Loomis, Mickey Loomis stood his ground and said, look, you got to let me do my job. And he did. And what's it done? The Saints are a contender yearly now.
Never thought we'd say that when we were kids, huh, James? <laughs> Man. We, we're con the Saints are contenders yearly. Why? Because the Benson family stepped away and let Mickey Loomis be the GM and let Sean Payton be the head coach. And now they're going to do the same thing with Dennis Allen. You trust the person to do the job, let them do the damn job. Plain and simple. All right, off my hot box on that one because I, I told you, I warned you that I was going to get me fired up. Going back to the Sun Belt, going back to Sun Belt Media Days day one today, in the back half of the day you heard from Marshall who, you know, really looking forward to getting back on the field with their stud sophomore running back in Rasheen Ali, who had 1,400 yards and 23 touchdowns in his freshman year. He also talked to Coastal Carolina, looking to build on the last couple seasons, you know, 11-2 and two last year, 11-1 and one the year before that, really looking to, to take that as a foundation into the future. They've got to replace a lot of pieces, though. You know, how quickly are they going to be able to do that? Because, yeah, you have Grayson McCall. Great. One of the best quarterbacks in the country. You got Reese White and Braden Bennett. Good running backs. He doesn't have many receivers. You lost a lot of receivers. Defensively, you've got two cornerstones in Josiah, Josiah Stewart, who is the preseason defensive player of the year. And then you also have DeJordan Strong in the secondary. That linebacking core, though, is a little iffy. You know, what? what's going to be Jamie Chadwell's priorities? Because, you know, looking at the schedule, they start off with Army, which is okay. Gardner-Webb should be a win. Buffalo should be a win, but Buffalo's pretty good. And then the gauntlet starts. You go to Georgia State. Georgia State's no slouch. They're going to be good this year. They're going to contend for the Sun Belt East. Georgia Southern, they're another team. Clay Helton's got things going the right way there. Yeah, they were 3-9 and nine last year, but a lot of that team is gone. Clay Helton's brought in a lot of new guys. They could make some noise. ULM, look, I think ULM could be good down the road, not this year. Um, now, could they improve from 4-8 and eight a year ago? Yeah. Are they going to contend? No. 5-7, and seven, maybe 500 at 6-6. Six and six. Old Dominion, you know, kind of the same thing. They're going to have some growing pains. But then you get into the back half of the schedule. You ready for this? At Marshall. App State. Southern Miss. Go to Virginia. Go to James Madison. That's a, that's a rough stretch. Southern Miss is the only game in that stretch that I'm going to say well, Coastal's definitely going to win. Out of those last five, one game is a definite win. So that's going to be in intriguing. You know, will Coastal fan? because here's the thing. You have success, the fans start to expect more and more and more. Will Coastal's fans be okay with a 9-3 and three season? Will they be okay with them not winning the East for the second straight year? 
that's in, the same question can be asked for the Cajuns. You know, Billy Napier was seven and seven in year one, but then he went ten and three, ten and one, thirteen and one. If the Cajuns only go eight and four, nine and three, are Cajuns fans going to be okay with that? That's a big question. You know, I, I, I get you want to continue success, but you also have to realize the Cajuns have a whole new coaching staff. They turned over a lot of their roster. You're going to have a quarterback that's never started a game. You lost two of your top three running backs from a year ago. A, a brand new offensive line. Yeah, you, you have a pretty easy schedule, one of the easier ones in the country. But again, you know, if this team can only figure out a way to go 8-4, and 9-3, and three, is that going to be good enough for year one? I think it is. I think that it should be. Are fans going to think that, though? That's the question. Day two tomorrow going to be a lot of fun with the West Division here from new head coach Southern Miss, new member Southern Miss, as well as the new head coach at Troy, John Sumrall, and Mike Desermo will address the media as well. You'll also hear from Texas State, Arkansas State, and much more ULM as well. Going to be a great day two here at the Hotel Sheraton. We'll bring it all to you right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Also, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And don't forget to check our social media channels at Game Louisiana, at Miguez Matt, at Yami's Mesh. We say Yami's, it's James, but change the J to a Y. James? I don't know. I don't know how you would pronounce that. We like to say Yami's because it's fun. In this 5 o'clock hour, 5.15, we're going to be joined by Charles Huff, the head man at Marshall, 7-6 and six a year ago. How do they build on that? Year one in the Sun Belt. 5.30, Jamie Chadwell, Coastal Carolina, stops by. You know, we talked about a lot of the question marks that they have. How does he answer them? And then we will wrap the show up day one of Sun Belt Media Days. Again, Sheraton Hotel on Canal Street in New Orleans. I want to send a huge thank you to our sponsors, Next Home Cutting Edge Realty and the Wetlands in Lafayette. The Game Clubhouse, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com can help you with your date night blues. It's because once you become a member of our rewards club, you'll have the opportunity to win excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse at Cyber's Bayou, $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House, or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen. The only way to score these great prizes is by becoming a member of the Game Clubhouse. You can do that at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free. It's easy. Sign up today. We'll take a timeout. Once again, Charles Huff of Marshall joins us on the other side. You're listening to the game, 1037 Lafayette, and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and it is your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Time for us to head back down to the Big Easy for more of the game's Sunbelt Media Days coverage. Presented by Next Home Cutting Edge Realty and the Wetlands. Here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 
Welcome back into Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Matt Miguez here coming to you live from the Sheraton Hotel in downtown New Orleans for 2022 Sunbelt Media Days. Day one features the Sunbelt East, App State, Coastal Carolina, Georgia State, Georgia Southern. And oh yeah, there's three new schools. James Madison, Old Dominion, and the Thundering Herd of Marshall. Joining me now is the head coach of the Marshall Thundering Herd, Mr. Charles Huff. Coach, thank you so much for taking the time. How are you? I'm doing great, man. Thank you guys for having me. Um, excited to be back. You know, we ended our season here, and we're starting another one here. So we're and, excited. And, and, and let, me, let me be the first to apologize for, for the way the, the last trip to New Orleans went down. No, it wasn't your fault. It was, it was probably uh, somewhere between six D linemen that were healthy for that game and, and, and not enough offensive firepower. But um, it gave us an opportunity to kind of get a little bit of a litmus test about you know, what yep. we're going to be you know, facing week in and week out in this conference. And we're excited. We, we made some adjustments you know, to our roster to try to you know, prepare ourselves for this. So it's going to be a good year. Now, question number one, I would be absolutely remiss if I didn't ask about Lance Gidry. Your, yeah, your defensive coordinator Cajun in West Virginia. <laughs> who's who's really made the block around Acadiana, like you just said, the resident Cajun. What have you guys learned about like, you know, South Louisiana culture? And then from a food perspective, what have you guys eaten? Well, um, there is a big push by Lance Gidry to um, have the GAs drive down to Louisiana to the fields to throw a few sacks in the back of a U-Haul and drive them back to West Virginia before they go bad. Um, so he's, he's, he's really pushing for that. But obviously Lance is, is a phenomenal uh, defensive mind. You know, he's coached at you know, multiple places here in this state, and I don't think you can go a place in this state and somebody doesn't know his name, but I, th I think that goes back to his character. You know, he's really, really honest. He's really open with people. Um, I'm, it's been a joy for me to have him as an offensive coach. You know, I spend a lot of time on the offense. To have a defensive coordinator that has head coaching experience and can be the voice in that defensive room, um, it's been really, really good. Now, looking at last season, you kind of touched on it a little bit. Seven and six, you got to the New Orleans Bowl. It, it was a great game against Louisiana. Rasheen Ali, your running back, absolutely exploded. You know, how do you use last season? You know, you kind of talked about the bowl game being a litmus test for what you're going to expect in the Sun Belt. But just as a season as a whole, how did that shape you guys for making the transition into the Sun Belt? Well, I think from a foundation standpoint, we were able to lay the foundation of what, you know, us, the new staff, um, coming in, our expectations, our standards. Um, we also were able to kind of identify, you know, some areas of improvement that we needed, you know, holistically. You know, you love to come in and, you know, wave a magic wand and fix all your issues. But some of you got to fix the recruiting. Well, that takes time, you know. So we were able to be aggressive this year. We'll have 48 new faces. We had 24 high school students that we signed and 24 transfer guys. Um, so we were able to address some of those issues that we saw in our roster, uh, which is going to allow us to be deeper, have more depth, uh, which will allow us to practice better, more competition, hopefully will allow us to play better. Um, and, again, we, we had good players last year. We just didn't have enough of them. So we needed more so that we'll be able to sustain, you know, the grind this season all the way through looking at your coaching career you know you spent time at maryland vanderbilt the buffalo bills western michigan mississippi state under joe moorhead you spent some time at alabama as the running backs coach under nick saban now you're in year two as head coach at marshall you know what have those previous stops taught you and what have you taken from guys 
on staff with you at those previous stops that you've kind of emulated as head coach? Yeah, well, obviously the, the stop at Alabama has probably shaped my head coaching career the most. Um, you know, just the, the, the structure. And a lot of times what happens is people leave Alabama and they just think you can pick Alabama up and take it and move it to Huntington. Well, that's not the case. Uh, what you have to do is you have to take the fundamental pieces and apply it to your university or your space um, on a scalability level, right? We don't have as many people or the resources that an Alabama has, but the, the core values, the discipline, the commitment to excellence, the um, competitive, you know, energy, the, the, the focus and determination it takes to prepare to get ready for an SEC West season or a Sunbelt East season. Um, those are the things that I've taken with, the discipline, the consistency and approach. You know, you can't say, oh, we're, we're playing Lafayette this week. we got to practice really hard, but, you know, we're playing another school next week. That doesn't really matter. You know, just the consistency overall and approach. And then the development of a holistic athlete. You know, we want our players to be successful in life um, because they came to Marshall, you know, not just in the football field, but, you know, awfully in, in life ultimately. Talking about Rasheen Ali, you're running back. Freshman last season, 1,700 total yards, 24 touchdowns. You know, having a guy like that in your locker room that was able to produce so much as a true freshman, you know, I, I don't want this question to be worded incorrectly, but how much easier does having a guy like that make your job? Well, we probably should have got him the ball a little bit more. So obviously he knows how to get in the end zone. Um, but I think, again, it, it, it helps because of who he is. Um, you know, who he is as a person, who he is as a player, who he is, his character, his work ethic. Um, it's good when you can point to your best players as your best leaders um, or as an example of what you want the team to emulate. Um, and he's one of those guys that you can do that. You know, obviously you said he's a true freshman, so he's still learning. He still wants to be taught. He still wants to be coached. Um, he realizes that success is momentary. It's not forever. Um, so he knows he's got to continue to make the strides in the right direction to continue to get better, to have another good year or build on the year that he already had. Coach, what's the quarterback situation looking like now yeah. that uh, Grant um, Wells is transferred? Yeah, obviously through the transfer portal, uh, we lost Grant Wells, which gave us an opportunity um, to see Cam Fancher. Um, all spring um, because you know he was he was a freshman only we recruited but he had not had a lot of game action because of Grant so he got all spring for to show us what he could do and he really did surprise us um, or really confirm what we saw you know coming out of high school and then we were able to use the transfer portal to bring in Henry Columbia you know Henry is a, a veteran guy that's played a lot of football at Texas Tech um, graduated so he's got the maturity he's got the game experience um, he's been there all summer you know he's been the guy that's kind of rallied the guy so we feel really good about going into you know camp with two obviously I think Henry would probably have a little bit of a uh, of edge just because of the experience level um, but it gives us the opportunity to know we feel good about that position chatting with Marshall head coach Charles Huff here on crunch time with Miguez and Mesh talk about your receiving core you know who, who are some guys that you know, Cajun fans in particular really need to get familiar with and pay attention to before that Wednesday night matchup yeah you know, one of the things one of the positions that we did not lose any uh, was the receiver core, uh, which was good because we brought a lot of really good football players back. Um, you know, we lost, excuse me, we lost Willie Johnson, you know, to, to, to graduation. Um, he missed a good part of the season of injury, but, you know, did some good things when he was there, but brought the core back of that unit. Uh, Corey Gammage, the big physical receiver, he's done a really good job this summer. He's changed his body. He's gotten faster. Um, he caught 78 balls last year. He and Talik Keaton. Talik Keaton was injured a little bit last year. He's back healthy. Shadid Ahmed is back. We got to transfer Jaden Harrison from Vanderbilt who, who could flat out roll. So I think, again, that's going to allow us to be able to to protect Ali 
Um, what does that mean? You know, you want to run the ball, you got to be able to throw it or they're going to load the box on you. With our receiving core, I think we'll be able to keep defenses balanced, which will allow us to have a little bit more success. And then defensively, you know, your top two tacklers from last year, Abraham Boplan and Eli Neal, both yeah. back. Yeah, Eli Neal is here with us this uh, here with us this week. Another guy that you know, like Ali, that you can point to as a guy who not only does the right thing on the field but does the right thing off the field. You know, the leader of our defense, he's the vocal leader. The guys respect him because he lives what he says. Um, you know, Bo Plan, another guy, probably the complete opposite of Eli, meaning he doesn't say anything, <laughs> but he just plays, which right. is good. It's his personality, just a quiet kid, but really good player. Um, and then we, you know, we added a transfer from McNeese State that you, that the, you know, the, the fans here may be uh, familiar with, and Andre Sam. Um, he played for Coach Gidry at, at McNeese State, and he had another year of eligibility, so he'll be playing in nickel for us. He's one of the big pieces that we needed. We lost both safeties, um, so he comes in and really gives us an opportunity to have have some experience and depth there as well. Yeah, you know, my going back to to your top two tacklers, Bo Plan and Neil, what's it been like this offseason? You know, year one's kind of that opportunity to get your feet wet and get acclimated with the program. But now that, that you know you've got that full year under your belt this past offseason, what was it like building defensively around those guys? Well, you know, it, it, it was good because you can allow them to kind of set the standard. You know, you the, the coaches set the expectation, the players set the standard. And, and those two veteran guys were able to set the standard very high. Um, but the players set the standard in how that's done. And I think Eli and Bo Plan are kind of two of the leaders that have said, this is how our defense is going to play. They weren't happy with the results of the games last year. They didn't think they stopped the run well enough. Um, and, and obviously it's not all on them, right? You, you lose guys, you know, depth, the whole deal. But they, they've made it a point that we're, we're going to change the narrative. We're going to create our own identity in this 22 season. Coach, two more for you. You know, your second game of the year is going to be at Notre Dame in South Bend. Talk to me about what it means for you, you know, your first year in the Sun Belt, that second game of the season, playing in such a prestigious stadium like Notre Dame Stadium. Yeah, I think it's going to be great for the players. You know, obviously the the passion and, and pantry of college football is special, right? The, the awe of going to a place like Notre Dame for our players, I think, will be really good. Um, they deserve it. You know, it's, it's one of the places that you put on your, your college football bucket list. Um, but at the end of the day, we still have a football game to play. I mean, we're we're not going up there just to, you know, collect a check. Uh, we're going to go up there and we're going to compete. I think it's going to give us a really good um, litmus test before we get into conference play. Um, not that we'll be playing Notre Dame in conference, but again, it's going to force you to prepare at a really high level and then execute at a really high level. And that's what we're going to have to do in this conference. Looking at the conference schedule, Louisiana, App, Coastal, and Georgia State all coming to Huntington in year one. How huge is that from a recruiting standpoint you know to, to show you know prospects hey you know this is the high level of talent that you get to play at home every year yeah i think it's big you know for us transitioning into this conference um to be able to have some of the tougher teams in huntington in front of our fans is going to be huge um obviously you know traveling to different places is going to be a you know, part of it um but for the first year to have them at home you know some of these big games eliminate some of the anxiety of the travel and going places you've never been i think it's huge um, i think again from a recruiting perspective you, you're going to get a chance to show hey not only are you on espn every game but these are the kind of places and crowds that you're going to get at home and these are the kind of teams you're going to get to play at home right here in your own backyard so again i think it's anytime you can um magnify the value of this conference and the strength of the competitiveness, I think it's going to help.
Last question, Coach. The move to the Sun Belt, you know, geographically made more sense for you guys from a TV perspective. It gives you a better TV deal. What's the vibe from the fan base about the move to the Sun Belt, and what are they looking forward to? Yeah, I, I think the fans are, are, are excited. I think they're you know, fired up about it. It's going gonna, it's gonna to renew some of those old rivalries and some of those old games that they played, um, you know, in the past. Again, it's going to give fans an opportunity to get to more games because now regionally um, it's a little more respectable as far as driving. Um, and I think, again, it's going to give a chance for, 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 for some other Sunbelt fans to come to Huntington. You know, I think that's going to be huge, too. Um, you know, and for me, in, in, in the grand scheme of it, I think it's ultimately um, the Sunbelt did a really good job of checking both boxes, right? Conference realignment, you're trying to check a financial box and you're trying to improve your brand. And then you're also trying to uh, create some rivalries and renew some rivalries. And I think Conference U.S., I mean, excuse me, Sunbelt Conference was able to do both of those things where Conference USA may have been a little more spread out. The Thundering Herd of Marshall opened their season Saturday, September 3rd against Norfolk State. Coach Charles Huff has joined me. Coach, really appreciate you taking the time. Best of luck this season. Thank you, guys, man. Go Herd. There goes Charles Huff of the Marshall Thundering Herd. We'll take a time out and bring you more of Crunch Time with me, guys, and Mesh live from Sunbelt Media Days here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Just because we're in New Orleans doesn't mean we don't want to hear from you. Call the game hotline at 337-706-0111 or comment on our Facebook page. Back to more of the game Sunbelt Media Days coverage presented by Next Home Cutting Edge Realty and the Wetlands here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back into Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, coming to you live from the Hotel Sheraton on Canal Street in New Orleans. Sunbelt Media Days. Today was the Sunbelt East, probably the toughest division in G5 college football. Added three new members this season, but they're still the two big dogs. You got App State and you got Coastal Carolina. Jamie Chadwell, the head coach of the Chanticleers, joining me now. Coach, thanks for taking the time. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. So, you know, fifth season with the program, back to back 10 win seasons, 11 wins in, in both of those years. You know, looking at this year being the 20th season of the program, is there anything different about this team compared to your last two? Well, the players are for sure different. You know, we lost a we lost a lot of uh, talented individuals on on all three phases, uh, and a lot of guys that had to uh, climb a ladder. You know, and so the guys that are here now, they've really not done anything to earn those last couple of years, and so it's different from a standpoint. They've got to go through those battles. They got to go through that adversity, uh, but you know. The expectations from within don't change. You know, this is what we do. This is how we do it, and they're expected to, to do that at a high level. But there's a, at least from a coaching standpoint, there's an excitement about um, one the challenge of this conference uh, and what it's become. But two is when you've when you've had a, you know, last year we had how many super seniors and all that. You had an old crew. Uh, sometimes you take for granted what those guys know, but these, these new guys, you know, they, you're teaching them everything. And I think as a coach, you know, it excites you a lot to be able to have to pour into them and see if you can get them to the level you want to get to. Now, Coach, i got to ask you, you know, let's go back to 2018 when you first arrived in Conway. Your first two seasons, you went 5-7 and seven 
and then in 2020 just exploded in 11-1. What changed? Well, I think what happens is the players didn't change, but their mindset did. You know, you you you're, you're 2017. You're three and nine. Then you're five and seven. Then you're five and seven. At some point, players within have got to decide: Are they tired of losing? And what happened? The, the same majority of players that were, uh, you know, losing made a decision say we're going to start doing things like champions should do uh and they bought into that they got the team to buy into that quarterback comes on you know when a freshman quarterback comes out and starts playing unbelievable and he takes you you know takes your program from the uh, maybe a baby step to a huge step you know that helps uh but the buy-in of what a champion needs to do started and the results have happened since then you brought up your quarterback grayson mccall arguably one of the best quarterbacks in the entire country uh two-time Sunbelt Player of the Year, preseason Player of the Year once again. What does he do differently on the field, off the field, that makes him special? Well, I think on the field, um, what separates him is his accuracy. You know, obviously he set the record for pass efficiency. He had, I think, a 73% completion percentage, whatever it was this year. But uh, throwing the football is about being able to throw it accurately when pressure comes. And he's made some unbelievable throws in tight situations uh, and has helped us sustain a drive or make a big play. So I think the accuracy and the way he handles the pocket um, is unlike anybody I've been around and unlike a lot of people that I've seen. He just knows how to do that. But I think off the field, when you have all that fame thrust upon you, uh, that's easy to go to your head, and he never allowed that. He always allowed his team to be part of the success he had. And that's hard to do in social media age. That's hard to do in NIL age. And he never forgot sort of where he, fran- where he came from and how he got there. And that endeared him to his teammates. And, uh, and I'm a, I'm a believe that's why he's still here. Further elaborating on that, you know, the head coach-quarterback relationship is such an important one. What's it like getting to work with him every day? Well, I don't take it for granted. You know, I, I think sometimes when you're in the of coaching, you know, you're just coaching and you're trying to get guys to do something, and then hardly ever you just sit and go, wow. But there's some wow moments that he gives, you know. And, and, and I realize you don't get a, a guy like him all the time, you know, and it's pretty special the way he can play. And um, we try to make sure that from a head coach standpoint, um, we always put him in a position to be his best, to help our team be our best. And uh, the main thing, too, though, is you want him to have a long, long career. And, you know, when things that you see, hey, this might hurt you, you need to, you know, change, not necessarily on the field, but just off the field and the different things. But um, it's one of those I know I'm going to look back on and go, I hope I can coach somebody as good uh, as him in the future. Now, last two seasons, 11 win seasons, talk about the pressure that you and your coaching staff might feel to consistently deliver great seasons at Coastal Carolina. You know, I I don't know if it's a pressure. There's obviously expectations we have, and and there's never going to be, I think, an outside expectation greater than what you have on the inside. Now, we're realistic. We know know, uh, it's hard to win that type of every year. consistently without great players and things going your way. We get that. Uh, but it's more so for us focusing on are we doing the things necessary for Coastal not to beat Coastal. I can live with a loss any day if Coastal doesn't beat Coastal. What really gets you is when Coastal beats Coastal. And so our whole focus is really on that. And, and hopefully if we handle our business, then you feel like you got the talent to go out and compete for this championship.
chatting with Coastal Carolina head coach Jamie Chadwell. Coach, we talked about the Sun Belt East being one of the top divisions in all of college football. You know, what are you looking forward to in your competition? Marshall, Old Dominion, James Madison, App State. You know, what do you what do you expect from that? Competitor? You know, I think the thing that excites you about the additions and then just and really what's happening is you know you. Uh, you've started to create rivalries with the teams that you already already playing, and then now you're bringing in teams that are not far from you. That unbelievable traditions, great support, and so now more of those regional rivalries are going to come in. And I think going to new places, going to Huntington, West Virginia, you know, going up to Norfolk, Virginia, going to Harris, all these different places where you know they care about football. That's that's great for your players to go experience that. And I think that's going to make our league continue to grow. And then when we play our cross divisional games, you know, this year we have Monroe. Uh, and uh, we have Southern Miss. You know, we play all the new ones. And, and uh, Monroe's obviously with Coach Bowden doing great things at Southern Miss, unbelievable tradition. Coach also now, and you start playing those teams and, and be able to be able to play those cross rivalries. It's going to be it's going to be a gauntlet every year, but every week, man, that makes it exciting. Grayson McCall picked to be the preseason offensive player of the year on the defensive side. Josiah Stewart, your bandit. You know, what does he do well at that spot to kind of wreak havoc on Well, you know, we, we, this will be his first time playing it. Uh, he was our basically our rush in, your five technique, get in a jargon from the field. Now we're moving him to the boundary where he gets more one-on-ones and not double team. Uh, and this will be a new position for him. But one thing he can do, and he obviously showed, he can rush the passer. He's got – He's got just a knack for that, and we're trying to move him over there so he can be free and do the things he's good at. And um, you know, I'll be honest, I was really surprised that he was the preseason player of the year. I was pretty surprised by that, but I think that shows what people think about him, studying the tape and all that. And uh, the thing about him, um, you know, his expectations are high, so I think this will just continue to motivate him even more. Another anchor or cornerstone in your defense is the Jordan Strong in that secondary. Talk about what makes him stand out and what he does well as a player and a leader. I think from a leader standpoint, he's, he's very infectious, very contagious with his mindset. Uh, he does a great job of being able to take the one-on-ones. You know, I mean, that's what you end up doing, and he's done a very good job the two years we've had him of locking down. And I'm not saying people don't catch passes on him, but he, he wins more than he loses. And when you have a corner that you're comfortable with, good things can happen. Now, looking at your skill players, you know, you bring back Reese White in the backfield. You lose Isaiah Likely and Javon Hiley in, in your receiving core. Who do you see stepping up in that role to, to be a weapon for, for Grace McCall? Well, that's that's our, our big question. You know, we did, we did three of our top pass catchers are all in NFL camps right now, and our top running backs in NFL camps. So we lost a lot of production. Uh, Reese White, Braden Bennett, two guys that played a lot of football for us out of the backfield going to be great. Question mark, who's going to catch it? You know, who's those guys? And uh, we brought in a transfer from Georgia State, Sam Pinkney, that's got an opportunity, I think, to be a good player. But we've got some young guys we've recruited, a, a Jared Brown, an Aaron Bedgood, a Chris Rome. We've got some young guys that have a chance to do some things. They've not done it. They've done it in practice, done it in some scrimmages, but when it matters, they've not done it yet. How quickly they evolve, how quickly they're able to put a bad play behind them will determine how good we are this year. Two more for you. Looking at the schedule, you know, four big road trips for you guys, Georgia State, Marshall, Virginia, and James Madison. What challenges do you see in those road trips, whether it's, you know, getting players on the right mindset or, or just game planning for your opponent? I think the, the hardest thing about, uh, you know, your road trips with a, uh, with a young team, which we're going to have, is 
being in a, an environment that can be hostile, being in that situation. You know, we have three straight home games, which is great. But if that doesn't prepare you for a hostile one, the first time you go, it's going to be challenging. And and so, uh, you know, does does the fan base affect some of the things you do from a from a crowd noise, all that? Sure. But I think it's more so when we face adversity on the road and the crowd's loud. It's hard to prepare for that and get yourself ready for it unless you've lived that. And we've had some guys that have done that, but we've had a majority that haven't. So that's to me is going to be the telltale sign that first road game we have of how far our our team's matured. Coastal's kind of referred to as America's team, uh, especially when you guys exploded on the scene in 2020. You know, how do you use that as maybe a motivating factor in, in, in the locker room? You know, that maybe from a from a media standpoint, there's a lot of guys, a lot of people behind Coastal Carolina. Well, you know, uh, definitely during that time frame, and, and maybe some of last year, you, you sort of use that. But as you know this, you're the darling one year, and then you're sort of gone, right? Uh, and you know we were that darling for that for that moment in time, and uh, and so we became you know America's team, the fun team, all those different things that happened, and and so from a standpoint of using it, you necessarily don't use it as a motivation, but we always let our players know, man, there's a lot of people that are watching you because there's an expectation now that you win, you have fun, you do all those things, and um, and we want our guys to, I don't necessarily embrace what the media says, but embrace being that because it's a it's a short window. You better enjoy what you can. The Chanticleers of Coastal Carolina will open their season on September 3rd against Army in Conway. Coach, really appreciate you taking the time. Best of luck this season. Thank you very much. There he goes, Jamie Chadwell, head coach of the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers. As a reminder, here on the game, you can score a brand new Apple Watch by sending a simple text. The game 1037 Lafayette at 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with a brand new Apple Watch. Join our text club by texting GAME to 337-283-8100, G-A-M-E to 337-283-8100. Once you join, you'll be eligible to win that Apple Watch, plus tons of chances to score other great prizes like Astros tickets and more. It's the Game's Text Club. Find out more at 1037thegame.com and 1041thegame.com. We'll take a time out and wrap up today's show. On the other side, you're listening to The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. It's Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Welcome back. Into crunch time with me, Gaz and Mesh, right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home, the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez, James Mesh. A couple minutes left in today's show, day one of Sunbelt Media Days, coming to you from the Sheraton Hotel on Canal Street in beautiful New Orleans, Louisiana. Want to take this opportunity to thank our sponsors for this week's coverage, Next Home Cutting Edge Realty and the Wetlands, the Wetlands, Lafayette's premier public golf course. If you've never had the chance to play it, I highly recommend you check it out. Great course on University, headed out towards Karen Crow. Probably the top golf course in Lafayette. James, take a look at the poll question of the day on Facebook and Twitter. You know, looking at some of the comments that we have gotten over the last couple minutes, uh, Mr. Cajun comes in and says, what kind of question is this? Everyone knows it'll be App State. And my buddy Trip Miller from Boone says, ESPN got people brainwashed thinking that Coastal is worth a damn. 
Which Mr. Cajun replies, Coastal is the ULM of the East. Yikes. I don't think Cajun fans like Coastal too much. And neither does Zap. That's very, that's very interesting. Day one coming to a close. Day two going to be even better. The Cajuns take the stage tomorrow, 1.30 p.m. Michael Desermo, along with Chris Smith and Andre Jones, will join us here on Crunch Time with me, guys, and Mesh at 4.30. want to thank Ricky Ronnie, Charles Huff, Jamie Chadwell, and Clay Helton for joining us today on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. For the producer extraordinaire, Mr. James Mesh, my name is Matt Miguez. Be safe. Be well. Give a big old hug to your mom and them. Matt Miguez and Raymond Parsh III go and find some dinner down here in the Big Easy. You're listening to the game, 1037 Lafayette. 1041 in Lake Charles. It's Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and it is your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. CBS Sports Radio is up next.